G'day and welcome back to the DAC podcast for 2020. We'll be bringing you today episode seven of the podcast. We'll be bringing to you some latest club news, um, the updated AGM, uh, the 50th for next year, um, and the latest from AV in terms of returning to sport. We've also got another Where Are They Now segment um, guest on. So without further ado, uh, let's get into it, eh? Boris, how are you, mate? Yeah, well, thanks, Nate. Very well. How are you going? Yeah, yeah, all's all's good since we've last last caught up. Um, yeah. Running still and um, keeping busy. Well, that's and I'm, that's I'm, not totally true. I think we've both had a bit of a lazy week this last week. This week, I've had a rest week, but we won't tell listeners that. Well, <laughs> I've been busy, busy training ahead. But yes, I yeah. did have a rest of the legs. The previous week, though, we uh, we went pretty solid. We went out with Davo up one of the old classic club runs out past Beasley. Yeah, did a half marathon. We ended up getting twenty one and a bit k, so that was good with yeah Dave and yourself. So um, on Sunday, and then yeah, we've been back at the track too, which has been important. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we actually wanted to give a, a shout out to all the members for bearing with us through all these changes and for jumping back on board to come down and train. Yep. It's um, been really good to see everyone back down at the track and, you know, just being really considerate of all the changes and taking their time, uh, just, you know, being patient with everything that's going on. So yeah, thank I you mean, to everyone that's, um, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. been very understanding with us. Shout out to, uh, to Daryl, our safety officer. He's been at the front gate and it's, um, it's, a, it's a task to, to get everyone through and, um, yeah, if you signed up, it's pretty straightforward. You'll just come in, you get your name ticked off and you sanitise and, and in you go. So it's been pretty streamlined in that regard. And um, the fact we're back at the track and we were able to shut the gate. So it's only members only, which has been yeah. um, positive as well. So yeah, we've yeah. had two Tuesdays there. We've also got a Thursday night slot as well. So if you're wanting to, um, whether you're a coach listing or, or an athlete, get in touch with the club um, if you want to come and train and, and we can get you involved. So Yeah. And with that, um, as mo- I hope most people have heard, the COVID numbers are on the rise again in Victoria. So if mm-hmm. you are feeling unwell, please, you know, don't yeah, come down. Make sure you're getting tested and be really careful with um, your social distancing and doing all those things that we've been doing for a while now, but just, you know, yeah. make sure you're not slacking off. And yeah, the heat can't come off because I think, um, I mean, what we, we could have had 20 uh, at your house and then um, I couldn't fit 20 in my house, but um, you could do that. But now it's been <laughs> back to back to five. Back to five, yes. So, and you just, yeah, we just have to be extremely careful because we, of course, don't want to have another second wave and then no. get forced back into another harsh lockdown and have all those people going to hospital and all that stuff. Really yeah, it's necessary. it. It's a tricky one. Obviously, we're we're keeping up with the the guidelines change every week or two, as we've it noticed. Does. As I it said, does. it's um, it goes up and it goes down, and and yeah, they'll change it accordingly. So I think yeah. um, you know, getting back to athletics uh, as a senior um, cohort, I think junior uh, sports can go back. There's been some guidance there, and and AV have come out and said so there's some junior cross countries um, in the pipeline, but senior sports still a bit of an unknown. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I don't think the government or the state has allowed for this to happen yet. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. So I don't think there's any light in the end of the tunnel as of yet. No. I don't think there's any sort of guidance on athletics, at least. I think there's, on some other sports, they've kind of, you know, let them train and let them compete and stuff. But for athletics, unfortunately, we're still kind of in the yeah. dark. So we'll just have to hang tight. And they're, you were they're, saying, Nate, that there's a, a good podcast. Yeah, they're working They're working pretty tirelessly at AV to, to, to meet with um, the state government, I think on a weekly basis, to try and get a plan of attack. And, and AV have um, let us know um, the latest there. But maybe a shout out to, to AV down the track podcast, episode 40. It was on the 18th of June. Glenn Turner, the CEO of Athletics Victoria, comes on and really gives a good rundown on where they're up to, what they've got to do to get us back, um, and the ins and outs of the whole thing. So if you've got time, um, get on that and, and have a listen um, yeah, to Glenn and the team. Just to uh, clear the air and you know exactly where AV is at with everything. Because yeah. as you said, it keeps changing, but that's sort of the latest. So every couple of weeks when we bring you this, we'll try and bring you the latest. Yeah, exactly. Um, on to some other news as well with these changes that have happened. We've had to push back our AGM. It was going to be in July, but now it's going to be sometime in August. We will give yeah. everyone a month's notice, but 
we are just yet to confirm the exact date in August uh, and yeah. also the exact format. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We want to, we want to, it's our presentation night as well. And we want to get people there and, um, you know, as a club, but it's a bit tricky at the moment. So, you know, at the very least, we'll, we'll try and do a, a live stream and, and get it to the members that way. But um, the final bits are, are still being finalised. But yeah, you'll be notified, as, uh, as you said, mate, in about a month prior. Yeah, exactly. And then in more positive news, uh, this time next year, hopefully we'll be having our 50th, uh, 50th year celebrations of the club. So yeah, that, that'd, yeah be that'd, be, that'd be massive. Obviously, uh, the 50th, uh, around June, I think we're going to have it. Um, that's when we had the 45th, so it only makes sense. Um, but actually saying that, we might try and look at the actual date um, or month or year, maybe when it was yeah, when we ticked could, over 50. But either way, 2021, continue to get the word out. We've chatted to a few people on the Where Are They Now segment and um, it'd be great to get members past and present back to celebrate what the club is. So yeah, I'm exactly. very much looking forward to that. That'd be, uh, that'd be massive. I think that'd be very, very good. We'll have to... <laughs> They're always good nights. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. So uh, Nath, who do we have on today as a guest? Yeah, special guest. Um, many would know her as Kate Myers. Um, Kate Downwards joining us on the Where Are They Now segment. Uh, this week and it was a really really good episode of understanding life as uh, life as she knows it now and then we took it all the way back to how she got into athletics and got into the AC club the club and um, yeah that's right she went full circle she went she did she's gone full circle and she's got a a family now and um, who have just started a little athletics as well so no really good sort of history lesson and and how she competed as as an athlete as well so um, yeah, without further ado, we'll get into it and everyone can hear all about it. Perfect, mate. Can't wait. Let's jump in. Go on in. Cheers, Ross. All the best. All right. So uh, this week on the podcast, we've got a DAC Life member uh, back in 2007. Uh, this person's also been rece- the recipient of the Russell Adams Memorial Trophy for the best club person in 2004 and 2005. She was also uh, an Australian representative at the World Under-20 Championships in 1994. Um, she's been a DAC committee member, um, chief fundraiser for many years, um, coming on the committee in about 2000, and she held the president from around 2006 to 2010. Um, we'd like to welcome back to the club and the podcast, Kate Myers back then, but Kate Downward, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. What a great initiative to have a DAC podcast yeah we're, thanks, we're, thanks for jumping we're on keeping up with the times i think everyone's <laughs> doing it so. it beats the old ronio newsletters that used to get printed in the club rooms back uh, 30 years ago true true <laughs> it's um well we thought yeah it's a good way to yeah get people like yourself on and hear about the club i mean i i know a little bit but um never enough so it's a good history lesson absolutely and i'm happy to be part of it no very good so i think um, for the listeners, and, and um, we're going to look back sort of how you got into athletics and take it right back to even where you grew up and, and, and how you got into the sport, first of all. Uh, we'll look into your early days um, as an athlete and then coming to DAC and how you found DAC is quite interesting. And then looking, uh, looking into what you're doing now, you've, you've got a kids and a family and, um, and what you do for work now and then some some memories and some favorite sessions uh for the club so that's sort of a summary on what we'll talk about today but maybe um take us back to where it all began where did you grow up so mine is an unusual story growing up um in the remote east Gippsland area um called Benambra, the base of mount, mount hotham near omeo um yep. it was two hours to bansdale where was our closest supermarket so it was a, a monthly monthly trip to to fill the car um, and uh, and get supplies. It was a two teacher school. One teacher was the principal who taught three, four, five, six, and the other teacher taught prep one, two. So um, very small school. The PE teacher came once a week, um, travelling around the other small schools in the area, teaching PE and music on those days and. Um, Miss Mitchell got me started um, in athletics. Um, she was a great um, motivation and we had our school sports just once a year. <laughs> That's all we did. One, one lot with a little local schools got together and 
and prep grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, I'd just be fast. I just yeah. won all the races. Um, and by the time I got to grade four, we could then move on to a regional competition. And, um, and then that same year, I, I got all the way through to Olympic Park to the Victorian Primary Schools um, Championships. Yep. And that was a, a two-day trip to get there and a two-day trip to get home. So that's how <laughs> remote we were. Um, three hours to sail to stay the night and then caught a bus early the next morning to get to Olympic Park um, with the other Gippsland athletes. And that was the first time I'd seen a proper sealed track at Olympic Park turning up to a championship, Yeah. Um, which was pretty better full late, on. Better late than never. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So as a nine-year-old, and, and that day, I remember it really clearly. Um, I was second in the 200 and, and fourth in the 100. So a country girl, no training, just pure talent. Um, and then that qualified me for the Australian Primary School Championships in Adelaide that year. So I went from a, a nobody to a Vic representative. Um, um, made the final of the 200, but our four by one team, which I was a part of, we won our, our race. And, um, and some of that training for that relay was held at Doncaster track. So that was my back right. as a nine year old, my first, right. um, Peter Ruff was there doing some relay training with us as part of the Victorian schools team. And, um, I was third leg and passed a Merrill Vollenhoven, which is an old name that, uh, old Paradians. Sandy Bowen was in that team, who was another old DAC athlete. So my first little glimpse of Doncaster was as a nine-year-old and a very naive, shy country girl having a go at athletics in a, in a little town where there was only netball and football um, available. Yeah, right. So that, that, yeah, all the way from Benambra, I think um, that was, was the track would have been black back in the day. Yes, yep. Cinders, yeah. Cinders, yeah. And how long did you live there? You 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 did the you took a move to Shepparton, didn't you? Yeah, so I was there for all my primary school years till I was twelve. Um, my parents were farmers, and um, but the local high school wasn't so local. It was more than an hour's bus right away to Swifts Creek. So, um, in the interest interests of our education. Um, we moved to near Shepparton where dad continued farming and um, it just, the facilities, you know, amazing to live near a, a, a town like Shepparton where, you know, you had, there were four high schools to choose from that were only um, 30 minutes away and, yeah. and um, clubs and different sports and, um, you know, normal stuff, <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. remote, remote stuff. Yeah. And did you do what other sports did you do as growing up? Was it was I mean athletics was a as you just mentioned you got into that pretty early. But what what else did you do? Yeah, so athletics was just that once a year school competition. That's all yep. that was available back then. But netball and football was the key to the community. Um, uh, we were the Swans, the Benambra Swans, um, yeah. the Bloods, and um, we'd go around some of our. Opposition, Bruthen and Bucken were, you know, an hour and a half away on a Saturday to go and play. I played in the midgets, then I played in the juniors playing <laughs> netball. And um, and then when I got to Shepherd and my netball continued, I'd love, I loved netball. And um, I played under 16 schoolgirls for the Victorian team and under 17 and under 19 state squads. So that continued right through my high school as a, a theme that went along with my, um, with my track and field as well. When did you think that you could sort of have a crack at sort of elite level athletics? Was that when you were, you know, doing were, uh, the, and the competition in Adelaide or when you came to Lakeside? Was it that age or was it a bit so, later? Um, that's a good question. I guess it, it evolves as you go. Um, um, but under nine, nines and tens, a couple of successes at primary school, but still living remotely, that didn't really cross my mind. Um, yeah. But moving to Shepparton um, and being involved in little athletics for the first time as a as a twelve year old, and um, and testing yourself out um, at little athletics championships, and then moving on to high school and 
um, getting involved then when you, you know, you have a few wins on the board at, at a, a state champs. Um, and I guess for me it was um, getting some confidence that I was um, at that level and that yeah. I could um, train and, and get better, compete and, and um, yeah, be competitive at, at that Victorian and then uh, Australian level as well, winning championships. Um, as I sort of built myself up to be um, in contention for perhaps a qualifier for World Juniors by um, year 12, which was 94. Yeah, right. And you tried a couple different sort of track and field events. What kind of made you pick the events that you did pick in the end? Yeah, that was a, um, a theme throughout my career was the evolution of Kate Myers. It was, uh, <laughs> as I said, in uh, under 10s, I went to the Australian Primary School Championships in the 200 and the 4 by one um, By 2001, I was running 800s. Um, yep. <laughs> there was a, a critical moment there in about year eight when I went to a, a, an Australian Championships in the triple jump and not a field event, I'm sorry, not a track event. Yep. And I competed well. Uh, maybe I got a... A medal? No, I don't think I did. I think I won at the Vicks and then didn't medal at nationals. And I thought, I don't want to be a field eventer. Like you know, the yeah. triple jumps, okay, it's it's okay. <laughs> but I want to be out there on a track. And that, and I was still, I was running four hundred at that point, so I was a triple jumper slash four hundred meter runner, which isn't that common. And um, so I I felt that there was something else there for me and and my coach at the time John Crane I was coached by correspondence for uh, four, four or five years um, he he suggested the 300 meter hurdles as it was then for my age group not quite the 400 meter hurdles and I could already run 400s and I had long legs not mm. that that's a prerequisite by any means <laughs> they're the very <laughs> very short hurdles but um, so we had a had a crack at the 300 hurdles and amazingly that season I went from thinking about it and I couldn't even win the, the, the country VIX that year. Um, I think I was second in the country VIX in the 300 hurdles and then I progressed and developed and by VIX I won the VIX and by the nationals that year I won the 300 hurdles at the nationals. So it was sort of um, a big tick I think saying yep this is an event you can compete well at. And so yeah. I went from triple jump and 400s. I added the three hurdles in, which of course became the four hurdles in the, the next age group. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at some point I had a hiatus between juniors and seniors um, and came back as a middle distance runner, an 800 metre runner. So yeah, yeah it, it was definitely a theme throughout my career of evolving to suit where I was in terms of my whether it was my body composition or what my strengths were at the time um things moved around so you, yeah sorry, you go. so I was just going to say tell us a little bit more about the world juniors um the the lead up to that in 400 hurdles so that was in 94 where was it in Portugal was it yeah that's right um right Lisbon Portugal um it was you know a fantastic experience but if you ask me what my highlights were, it was about chasing the qualifier. It wasn't about yeah. world juniors. It's, you know, it's, it's tough to um, go and compete in Europe in your non-season. Mm -hmm. um, tough when you're doing year 12 and trying to prepare. It's tough when you have qualified and got that euphoria um, of doing that. And then you're training alone in the winter on a grass track in Shepparton by yourself yeah. and trying yeah. to, you know, keep your summer form. I mean, how, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, so it was, um, it was a difficult time. They let me get on the plane with a pre-departure that wasn't great, but with the expectation that, you know, in Europe in the summertime with a few weeks lead in that I'd, I'd improve and I, I did improve. Um, but I also got injured. So I fell down some stairs and oh, um, 
did some ligaments in my ankle, but I still ran at World Junior Championships. And, and um, to this day, it's you know great to be able to, to say that. Um, and as I said, chasing that qualifier through the Australian summer was well, frustrating, of course. At one point, I missed out by two hundredths of a second in the Open VIX as a 17-year-old. <laughs> um, but when the race did come together, which was my last chance at the under-18 nationals in Hobart in March 94, um, the heat was pretty windy, so that wasn't going to happen. But the final, you know, and in 400 hurdles, you've got strides to get in and it's, you know, it's a, yeah. a bit of a jigsaw puzzle to get right. But um, I think it was 16 strides all the way and, and uh, uh, nearly a... Oh, 0.3 PB. So it was a clear qualifier and, you know, just uh, euphoric, finally. Yeah. What what was the – so your, your PB, 59.7, yeah. was that the qualifier or was that – did you run 60 that after? 60.04 was the qualifier. Okay. So that time was from World Juniors. Was your best yeah. time, was it? No, no. Okay. I ran a 63, I reckon, at World Juniors. Okay. Yeah. Right. Oh, so you yep. came back then and then you ran, you, you continued with the 400 hurdles following the World Juniors? Oh, sorry. So the 59.7 was my qualifier to go to World Juniors. Okay. Yep. I never ran faster than that again. Right. Uh, okay. It's a quick time. That's a quick yeah. time with hurdles in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For Thank the you. listeners out there, that's, yeah. um, that's pretty Thank impressive. And um, maybe we can touch on a, a couple of other um, events you did. As you said, you transitioned a few, depending um, depending what where you're up to in your in your life. I guess the 800 uh, is is an interesting one. You you've got a PB of 204.94. So again, that is that, that's pretty quick. Tell us about that. So um, I mentioned that that was a, a transition to middle distance racing. Um, I did what lots of kids do they they're a successful junior and that transition to senior athletics is just a really tough one mm. um for me it was also made tough i had to not have to i moved out of home to come to melbourne for university which was always the plan and i knew exactly what i wanted um but living out of home for first time as a as an 18 year old and you know sourcing your own meals and trying to keep a household happening studying getting to training i'd um i'd get on my bike after a chemistry crack and try and get to olympic park by five o'clock to to train which was finally <laughs> i had a i had a track i had a coach who was there um so john crane wasn't by correspondence anymore he was right yeah. there and I had a training group, which was, you know, I had had one on and off in Shepparton, but this was a, you know, a, a steady high level training group surrounded by other athletes at Olympic Park. It was um, finally made it, yeah. but that transition then to, to senior ass um, was, was tough. And so I guess over my uni years, there was um, years where I just didn't figure um, in any, um, PBs um, or on the podium of anything and um, but I still enjoyed my acts and I always really it was all about the training for me competing was nerve-wracking and hard work but the training was always what I loved so that's what kept me going for um, 96, 97, 98, yep. 99 even as sort of I emerged from that um, hiatus where you're just struggling with trying to do your uni mm. and um, and live and um, get the training done. But in that time, I, I started to run longer. Um, uh, Tommy was a big part of that too. That's when I started to go to Doncaster and, and actually train down there with him and his crew, the yeah. Kelly gang. And, um, and I emerged from that, yeah, still doing fours, four hurdles for... 99 2000 but by 2001 I gave an 800 a go in a in an interclub I think I ran I don't know 214 or 215 and a few months later at the VIX I ran 204 
and um, then I was third at nationals behind Tamsin and another great Doncaster athlete, Libby Allen. Um, yeah. And it, that was yet another event that I had a good go at. Um, but yeah, in that one season, I'd gone from beginner to a PB and and never um, reached those heights again. So you, you mentioned four is a pretty serious time. That's oh like, yeah, it is. You know, off, off a couple of a couple of months of racing eight hundred, or yeah. if that, a couple of months. That's well, a that, was a, that was a that was a season where um, um, I mean uh, it was a, obviously a, a big lead in with um, a number of years of very consistent training with a great group down there at Doncaster, Libby and Erica, Kim Crow, Emily Allen. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Sam Carberry and um, uh, quite a few of the younger ones just coming through. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, I guess it was a, a number of years evolution into the 800, but, um, yeah, just a bit of a flash in the pan almost. I never went on <laughs> to anything else with it. And you, so you, when did you, you mentioned that's when you, when you went to the 800, that's when you came down to Doncaster. How, how, how did you get to Doncaster? What was the in there? Um, I guess it, it started back in uh, 96. Um, 96, I left my um, coach, John Crane, who was an Olympic Park-based coach, and um, I was going out with a Doncaster athlete um, Jason Rock, who was um, one of Hursty's group, John Hurst. Yes, yeah. So with Muzzer and um, Sean Quilty and yeah, right. Rod DeHyde right. and all We'll get all those, those guys on. There yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and I, while I was living in Melbourne, I didn't have a car, so I was able to get out to Doncaster. I joined the Kelly gang because Hursty um, could train women, of course, but him, it was mainly a, a male group and I knew Tom from from way back, way back when I joined Doncaster as a second claim athlete from the country. Okay. And um, and so that was my journey to actually training at Doncaster in 96. Um, and yeah, just, I fitted in, I was made to feel welcome and, um, and off we went. The rest is right. history. Mm-hmm. So when, okay, so that that's that led you sort of to early 2000s and that's, I think, when you got on the committee, wasn't it, about 2000, 2001? Yeah, about then. It's it's a funny, hazy period of, of when that might have happened, but um, certainly around there. And if, if I wasn't on the committee, I was all, already doing some fundraising. Um, Libby Allen, Sonia Brito and Charmaine used to um, all get together on a Saturday after we'd finished our town hall stations or our hills at um, Ruffy Lake Park and we'd book um, a spot outside JB Hi-Fi in Northland where we had a contact and um, we set up a barbecue. Mr Payne, Charmaine's dad, would come in his, um, in his ute with the barbecue from Doncaster and we'd have a esky full of sausages and some bread and um i don't know how it started but we did that lots and lots of saturdays over a number of years really? and, um That's great. you know we get two or three hundred dollars which in those days was you know quite a good effort good money yeah um and we just all the punters coming in and out of jb hi-fi buying their cds do you know, <laughs> you know what a cd is <laughs> they've gone out of vogue haven't they yeah. don't yeah. have many of them now no no no, so, um, yeah, that's that's how my involvement began. I think in in the committee, um, yeah. fundraising was always my thing um, to begin with. It was um, setting up the rosters for the canteen at, at Doncaster, um, managing the whole Bandura barbecue canteen, um, and uh, and purchasing and I uh, loved. I loved counting the money at the end of a Bandura barbecue and, <laughs> and letting the committee know. I don't even know if we were texting back then. Maybe we were. Or just yeah. I'd give Charmaine a call and let her know, yep, it was, you know, $2,000 this year or whatever it was. But, yeah, lots of um, 
lots of fundraising over the years, but that was sort of my, that was my um, area of expertise, I think you could say. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, fundraisers and, and your support, that's how clubs are, uh, continue. And, you know, without fundraising and um, people's efforts, they, the club doesn't continue. So I think it's a good, it's a good uh, testament that we're still doing Bandura and, um, mm. you know, we're still involved. I think we've been doing that for, gee, almost maybe 15, 20 years. I think Paddy, you know, Paddy went, um, he used to walk the course back in the day yep. before it all yep. started. And that's how they got the barbecue, I think, is how it yeah. all started. So yeah. yeah, we used to set up the course and then we sort of felt that that was too much. Um, it was, and it's always been that balance of volunteer hours and it's falling on the same people's shoulders yeah. and yeah. you keep yeah. and what to give away. And, and that's not going to change. That was 20 years ago and it'll be in the next 20 years, just the, the few who put up their hands. But, but when you've got, you know, when I was on the committee, you know, Charmaine, second to none with, um, with her involvement in the club and Patty and Stuart, um, Phil Allen and um, Graham, um, Alan Watson and Tom and Ruffy always there too. Um, you know, great group of people to sit around a table for an hour or two once a month and, you know, keep the club happening. And, and that's, that's, it did happen. And I think that that was... That era of the club, as you said, all those people you just mentioned have been great, you know, um, contributors to the club and and um, for a number of years. And it, it's uh, it's uh, look, we're, we're celebrating fifty years next year as the club. So there you go. That's you know, clubs don't just happen. So <laughs> no, that's um, unbelievable, isn't it? So we'll we'll get to that in a moment. So you you then uh, became president around two thousand and six, we believe. <laughs> Again, I, I don't know, it's just a bit of a black hole, some of this memory stuff, but um, uh, really, you know, all through my 20s up till I was, I think, at, at 32, seven months pregnant and about to move to the Yarra Valley, I said, here, Paddy, catch this handball, which <laughs> he did very nicely and, and rose from vice president to president at the, at the Christmas party and I went off and started a family and um, um yeah moved away but um um yeah it's it's funny how i don't i couldn't tell you what date it was that i started as president even though from as i said from my 20s right through to 32 I, doncaster me athletics it was it was all one and the same yeah what would and, you say is your yeah. biggest sort of achievement while you were there? Was it? We did you make your book, the uh, the history book, the club history yeah. book when you were <laughs> when you were there as president? Yeah, that was a little project of mine um, um, that came about um, just you know on the committee one evening we were talking about. Um, you know, what's the next steps, what's the next project and something I raised. I come from a family of historians, so it's not, um, yeah. it's not foreign to me, um, but it was certainly something that I think was due. Um, Alan Stevens um, offered to, to assist. And there already been a small um, history done of the men's club. Um, so back in the day, there was the Doncaster Men's Athletic Club and the mm. Doncaster Women's Athletics Club, and the men had a good start. Um, and I didn't want to let that just <laughs> pass by. I've got to get the women's club happening. So, um, yeah, Alan and I got together, and it was based mainly on the annual reports, and thank heavens for annual reports because so much yeah. information is contained in them, and um, reaching out to old members um, getting their input and um, yeah it was just a matter of compiling that uh, if you ask anybody um, I love a good spreadsheet and I love to be organized <laughs> um, so it was just a matter of, of putting it together Alan finished off the Doncaster men's history up until um, the amalgamation time and then I wrote the women's from scratch and then the combined club section to to round it all up to to be a publication that um, at the time we were all um, proud of and, and I guess 
uh, grateful that it, it got put in into print so that it would um, be recorded. Yeah, I think it's a it's a great piece of knowledge that we we might um, resurrect and maybe do a new print, couple of prints for next year, and even make it digital. I think I knew that it was done, but um, yeah, I would love to have a bit of a flick through. Yeah, I'd like to have a copy as well. There it is. <laughs> there so nineteen seventy one to two thousand six. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. So um, we're coming up maybe in twenty twenty six. You add another twenty years of history to that. Yeah, it's yeah, one less right. thing to do between now and then. <laughs> well, the, as I said, the fiftieth um, now's a time, good time to talk about it. That um, that'll be the next big thing for the club in terms of fundraiser. Um, we had a, a trivia night this year, which went really, really well before before COVID hit, and um, we would have done probably Bundura barbecue again this year, but um, things are a bit tricky. But yeah, the fiftieth uh, anniversary will be great to get. Um, past members back and and I think do a bit of a summary of that book I think there's probably a plethora of knowledge in that so yeah well I'll look forward to my invitation yes yes about a year from <laughs> now we're looking so we're uh we're looking to get a venue and yeah get that out because the the quicker we can get the word out the more more people will come so absolutely so, uh, so tell us about your family. So you sort of, that, that's the club. And then what have you been up to since then? You, you took a bit of a hiatus, as you said, you handed the baton to Paddy and, and off yeah. you went. Yeah, look, I um, moved out to um, the Yarra Valley with my husband's work um, with Caulfield Grammar School out there, school camp out there. Um, he was head of campus and um, that's where Hannah was born. And a couple of years later, Quinn was born too. So two children uh, living on a farm, which is, you know, brilliant. That's how I grew up and, and yep. loved it. Loved the fact that it was a farm that we weren't farmers of. You know, the dairy farmer took care of the 200 <laughs> cattle um, morning Pretty and night. Pretty good way to do it. <laughs> yes, brilliant. Um, brilliant way to do it. And I guess after about three years of mothering uh, I was about to go insane uh, I didn't Sorry. go back to work because I I enjoyed the um, the parenting side of things and, and didn't want to put the children in care I was happy to to do that but I felt that surely surely there was something I could do um, be a contributor um, uh, that was interesting but I could combine with the kids and um, what I had found, uh, what I found that was missing up in the valley um, was an opportunity to exercise without having to put your kids in crèche at the gym. And yeah. I was never a gym person. Um, Mr Robbo, who actually I should say on the committee um, was another great stalwart when I was there, yeah. Adam Robertson. Um, Robbo never saw me at the, <laughs> the gym up the top. <laughs> it was just not... not something I did um, yeah. and so I felt that I shouldn't have to put my kids in crèche to go and go to the gym because I didn't even want to go to the gym so how could I get my exercise with two very small children so I, I started off putting them in the middle of the oval and leaving them on the cricket pitch while I ran around them <laughs> and um, that didn't last too long um, before they were chasing me um, and I thought there's still got to be a better way. There's got to be other mums around here that are feeling the same way I feel. And so I figured that if I use my um, uh, love of exercise and, and um, of, of being active, um, that I, maybe I could become the coach, the trainer. And so I, I zipped through a Cert 3 and Cert 4 of um, fitness and became a personal trainer in, in about four months and yeah. <laughs> um, started my business, Fresh Air Health and Fitness, um, in Yarra Junction. And seven years later, that's, that's still what I do. I have mums um, of all ages with all um, children of any age come along to my classes. Kids just play together, have, have a great time. We lock the, the gates of the tennis club so they don't escape and the mums can just concentrate on um, getting their work workout in. Um, it's fun, it's affordable, it's um, it's great for their mental health, it's perfect for me, it, it's between school hours and um, my kids have grown up doing squats and push-ups and 
and running around and so have many other kids in the valley now and I teach at kinders as well teach fitness to kids and um and now that my children are involved in little athletics at Yarra Rangers athletics um I've started coaching little ones too at, at track and field so yeah, I've right. come full circle um <laughs> back into in, it yeah back into it yeah it all, start, it all starts again Yes, <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the wheel. I'm the <laughs> well, I mean, there. That's fantastic that you've been able to do all that, and um, you know, it's a great way for your kids to grow up and, and keep active. So, that's a it's a great little niche market there. So, in, in Yarra Junction, how is it living out there? It'd be I, I do visit there. Yeah, look, I um um I'm I'm out there every day about. Three years ago, we moved back to Lilydale. My husband's work okay. changed, and he's now at the Caulfield campus, um, uh, Wheelers Hill campus, with Caulfield Grammar School still. Yep. Um, so we're not um, on the dairy farm anymore. But um, I tootle off down the Warby Highway to, to Yarra Junction every day, and um, I call them my ladies. You know, that's yeah. what they are. <laughs> They're friends, actually. Yeah. Five of them or so that come along each um, each week to to get their work out. So yeah, I'm still out there every day. Um, my kids are here at a local um, Lilydale school. So I drop them off and, and go to work and um, have a running group as well out there. So it's, it's all, as I said, full circle gone from the, you know, the primary school athlete to the world junior qualifier to the um, winning at and you know, meddling at different national events to um, now being the coach and the teacher. Yeah. Do you think uh, any of your kids are going to have a crack at some of your PBs that you've said? <laughs> Good question. I'm, I'm sure they'd, they'd love to. Um, <laughs> Hannah and Quinn both do little athletics. It's, they've just done two seasons. The first season they were like, oh, whatever, maybe we'll turn out this week, maybe we won't turn out this week. And it was it was me who was more excited to go the little ass. Because <laughs> I didn't as a as a eight, nine, ten year old, I didn't do little ass because it wasn't available to me. Yeah. So I'm I'm down there, I'm with the kids and I'm running around. Good. Um, and um, yeah, Hannah were qualified for the state champs this year in the eight hundred and the sixty meter hurdles. Um the, nice. the state champs that didn't go ahead, of yeah. course, little less. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um She's certainly shown that she'd she'd like to to um, continue that um, at least for the time being. But um, it's it's up to them, uh, totally up to them. Yeah, you'd be there ready to go though at the track. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Waiting patiently with the stopwatch, just ready. That's, that's, I know. Well, I'll coach their friends if they want to finish up with us and move on to something else. I'll I'll keep coaching because I'm be involved. Really yeah seeing the kids um, move and improve and jump and throw. And you've come, you've come back competing uh, cross country at the club in recent years. So you didn't stay away for too long. No, I, th I think actually when I thought about this, I reckon um, back in 2010 and then, you know, every second year thereafter or thereabouts, I, I was doing some cross country. I know I was, I ran that cross country season after I had Hannah um, and, you know, it was just putting around a bit, um, contributing yeah. points and, and another person in a team kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed last season. Uh, um, now that I'm 40 plus, it's, it's nice to run in the, in the masters and um, <laughs> yeah. not have to compete against the whippersnappers. Um, but again, it comes down to back to the old um, um, theme in that I, I really like the training, not so much the competing. Yeah. Um, even though that's done by myself yet again, again a full circle back to training by myself. But um, you know, just going out for a run—that's nice. And um, I guess what's what are some of your, we've gone through some some memories, but have you got any other memories from the 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 club that uh, that stand out for you? Um, um, so there was always a, a few social events going on every 
um, mainly winter time when things were a bit um, quieter. Um, yeah. some, I remember a great 70s night and... Um, Paddy said that I too, never, actually. Paddy I said never, that as well. <laughs> I never jumped on the party bus, I must say. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. I left that to the, to the rockers. That's not, that wasn't me. Um, and, you know, always, oh, I, I loved it when finally we, we combined the AGM with the presentation night and, and got some good numbers at our AGM. I reckon we were the most attended, well-attended AGM in the whole of um, AV because we, we um, put the carrot out there with the kids, come and get your trophies and sit around for, <laughs> for a quick AGM. So how was it then done? Obviously, it was split. And, I mean, what? how many did you have turning up to the annual general meeting? Not many. The committee? Um, not, not, many. <laughs> not many. And that, that was a real problem. You need a quorum, of course, to yeah, get things yeah. passed and voted. And the first time we tried it, um, novices as we were, um, the presentation night was first and then everybody walked out the door. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, no, stop, stay. You can't do it that way. <laughs> then, of course, the next year it was like, oh, well, you do the AGM first, of course. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and we learnt, you know, we all did. We learnt from our mistakes and, and always just volunteers trying to improve. Yeah. That's funny. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And, you know, the skills you get on some of these committees um, that you take to you take to jobs, you take to um, life elsewhere, I think that's, you know, that's something to be um, noted, whether that's, you know, young people coming on who um, need it for, you know, uni... Um, admissions or um, whatever it might be, you know, get involved in a club and not only help yourself, help the club out, but, you know, gain some really great skills, whether it's, you know, shadowing the treasurer until you can become the treasurer or, mm. you know, um, the role of a secretary, you know, really great skills. Yeah. Well, a couple of months ago, Nathan said to me, hey, we should do a podcast for Doncaster. Yeah. And I was like, oh, how, how, how are we going to do that? <laughs> We've never done a podcast and here we are. So you were well, through. Yeah. You get some pretty good skills in the, uh, on the committee. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your favourite, we had Nick Finch on the podcast last week and a, a question we we're asking, and it's funny, a few people are saying the same thing, but your favourite session. Uh, whether it be at the track or at your time at the club, what would your first, best couple of sessions be? Look, it, it won't be any surprise to anybody um, <laughs> being part of the Kelly gang. There's, yeah. there's only three sessions, wasn't there? True, there was, true. There were stations at the town hall, there was hills yeah. at Buffy Lake and there was Sebco. Yeah, you I know. think you've nailed it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was another one that I did enjoy. It was tough. Um, it was a 500, 400, 300, 200, 100. Yeah, yeah. And Patty's that, given that to us in recent years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you know, obviously you. By the time you get to the two and the one, you're fatigued, and um, but you still have to sprint, and it's just a you know race simulation. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's um, it's been a great catch up, Kate. I think um, you know, it's it's an interesting story that you where you've come from, and as you said, it's come full circle, and um, the fact you still. Uh, involved and, and competing with the club, I think it's testament to the club and that you're, you're back um, involved. So um, we appreciate you coming on and um, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll catch up before now and then. And Yes, go, go for it. Sorry, I, I, I do appreciate um, being part of it. I just would like to offer some um, other names that you might not yes, feel good idea. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Hold on, let me get a notepad. <laughs> We're trying to get people lined up. All right, well, it, it won't be any surprise when I say Ivan Harding, but you yep. can perhaps combine that with Sonia and Murray and, um, yes. and, and their children who are now performing well at Little Aths and enjoying their ass. Um, yeah, how many Sonia and Murray got? Four. Four, yeah. Yep. Um, Charmaine... Smith, Charlene Payne is is a definite um, great contributor to Doncaster over well, many more years than me. Um, a great pair 
It'd be like a comedy duo. Would be Phil Allen and Alan Watson. Yeah, that's not a bad one, actually. <laughs> from the from the shed, having their beers at the end of Interclub as they waited to put away all the equipment. And they still um, do that. I they're think they're still, still doing involved. that. <laughs> yeah, I think they're still doing that. Good, good. Um, Deb Thompson um, yeah. was a a big part of the Doncaster Women's Club, um, and then the. Um, um, amalgamation um, and her husband, um, they'd be a great pair to um, to get together uh-huh. and have a chat to. Um, and, oh, just haven't got my notes with me. Um, yeah, so that's a good good starting point for, for some older names great. back, back um, in my time and, and before my time that... Um, that uh, is well worth digging up. Yeah, well, if you heard your name get called out there, uh, <laughs> don't be a stranger. Yeah, <laughs> get, get, get in contact. contact. <laughs> I mean, I know, I, look, uh, the first few you rattled off, Ivan and um, Charmaine, Phil Watto, that's a good one, Phil and Watto, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. Be good. Maybe we can go to the pub and have a few drinks and talk <laughs> it off. Yeah. That would be a requirement for them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's great. I think um, we're definitely, well, hopefully, people are enjoying what we're doing, and it's as I said, it's a good history lesson for myself being at the club now for oh, gee, probably fifteen years. But I mean, Boris has only just come, but it's interesting yeah, for both of us to just over a year. So this is all it's all great um, to learn about years. all the history of the club. It'd yeah. Be good to get my hands on that book as well. But yeah, yeah. I reckon. Is there a who there printed? Was a there was a box of them in the storage room. Um, at the gym. Um, at the gym, yeah. So I don't know what what might have happened to them over the years, but um, we'll have to have a dig. That could be that could be good. Yeah, try and get a digital version too. We yeah, try and put it up somewhere. Yeah, that'd be good somewhere. I probably got it on USB somewhere. Um, with your medals, oh, with your little ask... ass medals. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, Ellie Hutton and oh, yeah. and Nat Harvey. Nat Harvey's back in Australia too. So. Um, uh, she's not living in the UK anymore, so that's um, another one. Her name's come up a few times, Nat Harvey. Yeah. Mm. Ellie Hutton. Where do you stop? Yeah, I know, I know. You got to but... get through Olympians first, don't you? <laughs> but yeah, that's it. But we, no, we've got we've got a bit there, and um, we'll try and tick away at them. Brilliant. Great. Thanks so much for your time, Kate. Thanks for yeah, appreciate coming on it. and telling the story. And also just going back and doing all the research and yes, you know, giving your brain for all the stats you gave <laughs> us. You gave us, a, everyone listening, they, they can't see it, but we've got just pages of all of this. A couple old of Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> You're well prepared. Yeah. I it's great, really great stuff that you um, were able to remember. Well, dig your brain thanks for the opportunity. It's, 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 yeah. um, it's just great to have people interested in what you used to do 20 years ago. That's great. That's good. Well, thanks again. And, um, and hopefully we'll see you once cross country starts and um, at the very least next year at the the 50th. So we'll, you'll be the first to know. Without a doubt. Thank you guys. Good on you, Kate. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Kate. Cheers.